This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And I'm joined across the desk by the traveling Richard Blackaby. Uh, good to be with you again, Sam. Nice for you to be in town. You've got a spell here where you're going to be sitting down and just doing a bunch of writing. Yeah, I'm looking forward way, to it. Way overdue, I think. You've got uh, <laughs> projects backed up. It's been a lot of travel so far this year, so yeah, I'm ready to stay away from the airport for a little <laughs> a little while. You don't? You mean you don't love the airport and all the hustle and bustle? <laughs> I love what it provides for me. And... But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, today on the podcast, uh, we want to um, talk about a, a specific type of leader. Um, actually, mm-hmm. you you are this type of leader, and I myself am also this type of mm-hmm. leader. Whether we want to be or not. E- exactly. And uh, there are probably many others, uh, leaders like this, that, that listen to the podcast. And uh, I think we probably all know one of these leaders. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't guessed by now, we were talking about fathers. Yeah. We just came on the heels of Father's Day, and so I thought it wouldn't be uh, I think that would be quite appropriate just to zero in on that. Of course, not all of our listeners are fathers. There's some single guys, and there's women listening as well. But we've all had fathers, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think a lot of the principles, whether you're a father or a mother, uh, certainly applies. And we've said this often, but uh, whether you lead a, a Fortune 500 company or you lead a church, uh, or whatever it is you lead, there's certainly no more challenging leadership role that you'll ever have than to be a parent. And uh, I think a lot of us probably heard uh, challenging Father's Day sermons uh, this past Sunday, but uh, I thought maybe just because we are in that season and we're just coming out of that now that uh, I might just give a few of my own thoughts on fathers as well. And of course, that's the kind of thing that's always difficult to do because, I mean, all three of my kids have access to this podcast and they can hear me (laughs) wax eloquent about what a good father should be. And they'll be shaking their heads saying, well, he wasn't anything like that. (laughs) So I I somehow doubt that, but... uh... (laughs) Uh, but there's certainly an accountability and it's, there's certain things that, you know, I, I, I feel blessed and, and our kids and how things have worked out, but, uh, still there's a certain humility to say, uh, you, you, you never really want to hold yourself up as an expert on some things. And, uh, I think it's one of those areas where you do feel awkward if yeah. you're like giving advice on this thing and it's like, well, you know, it, I feel like it's the most caveated sort of yeah, cause you, cause, uh, area of, of advice or leadership. And I, I think that I'm pretty well in the clear as far as my kids uh, not ending up in jail or something, but, uh, <laughs> They, uh, well, from here on out, it's on them. It's on them. I've done what I can do. You've Uh, you've done the raising part, and and the rest is is a different uh, season, I guess. But I think as as folks have listened to me, they know that uh, my dad was uh, obviously very, very influential in my life, probably the the single greatest influence uh, that affected who I became, and certainly my walk with God. And uh, if you were to ask him, he would say that his father was. the greatest influence on him, perhaps the greatest, certainly man of God that uh, he knew, and and my dad knew a lot of them. Uh, And yet there are also a lot of people out there that would say that they've been spending most of their adult life trying to overcome the deficiency that they experienced because their dad Mm -hmm. wasn't what they needed them to be or what God called them to be. And, And I think that's just increasingly so. I think there's more and more 
people today that grew up in a home where their dad wasn't even in the home or that they rarely saw their dad or maybe never saw their dad. And even if they did see their dad, um, they probably experienced more cursing than blessing. Uh, There's a lot of unblessed people today that never had a dad that just spoke life into them. And so I just think that certainly in this culture, um, we need to to keep being reminded about the role of what a, a dad should be. And, uh, and, and so whether you came from a, a home in which you were blessed by your father, or maybe you weren't, and you're, you're wounded, uh, you're lacking in some ways because of that, I think we still need to go there and we need to talk about it. And uh, certainly as we live out our lives, if, if you're a man and you're going to be a father at some point, um, I, I think we, you need to don't assume, um, you know, I guess one thing I just say kind of in, in the introduction is that I've known some people who did not have godly fathers uh, that blessed them. And they said to they said, Boite, uh, I'm, I am not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be hurtful the way my dad was. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen often is that these same men, um, they don't know what they don't know. And so they, they, may, they may realize, okay, I don't want to, you know, physically, emotionally harm my children the way I was, I, the, the way I experienced it. Uh, but the problem is that they never saw the positive things that, yeah. because their dad didn't do those things. And so they don't know what to do. They, they, yeah. What does not harming your kids look like? Yeah. And, and right. the flip side, your kids need more than to not be harmed. They need to be right. blessed. And if you never experienced a blessing, then you don't know how to do it. You you don't know what to do. And so I've known some very well-intentioned uh, people that wanted to be great dads, but they just didn't have any role models to follow. So, um, so I'm going to just mention a couple of things. Um, and th- these are, you know, no particular order, I guess, but uh, just some thoughts that I have just from my own experience, what I've seen and uh, of things that uh, fathers ought to do. And the first one would just be realize that there are eyes upon you all the time. You are, you are leading on stage before an audience. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got one kid, or you've got 10 kids, uh, they're, they're watching you and they're observing and they're, they're filing away and saying, so that's how a man lives his life. That's how a man loves his, his wife that's how a man loves God. That's how a man deals with problems, how he uh, apologizes when he's done wrong. And I'll say that they are little sponges, yeah. too, because yeah. our our oldest is only three, and she'll just regurgitate things, and you're like, where? Like, just some obscure, offhanded thing, and it's like, you remember that? Yeah. Like, you picked that up? Like, it's amazing what... Yeah. Or and like you watch your three-year-old little girl play with dolls or something, and the the daddy doll, like just listen to mm. how she has that daddy doll, what what he says and yeah. how he acts and how he treats his family, and you you realize, oh, that's her that, impression yeah. at three of what a dad does, and uh, it can be quite humbling. Oh, for sure. And and of course, that doesn't just stop uh, when your child is three, uh, even when they're eighteen, twenty. Uh, they're still watching. And, uh, and the, now the flip side of that, there's an accountability for sure of that, but uh, there's also a, a huge opportunity because yeah. you are getting to 
live out your Christian life right in front of an audience, and uh, and you're gonna you, you, uh, you will have perhaps the greatest influence. You and your and your wife will have the greatest influence of anybody on those those lives, those the impressions that will be made. And so, what an opportunity to to demonstrate to them. Um, how to live the Christian life, how to love mm-hmm. God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind. Uh, so just be aware. Uh, we forget sometimes. And not only are their eyes on us, their ears are listening to everything that comes out of our mouth. Uh, and a second thing that just that goes right with that is um, we will also give an account to our kids of how we lived our life. And, um, and I, that has been particularly um, impressed upon me uh, and, I, and I've thought about this uh, every time there's a, a story of perhaps a pastor or a leader of some kind that uh, experiences a moral failure. Uh, every, every, every time I hear about uh, someone doing that, my first thought is, how did that impact their kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when, if a man uh, commits adultery, uh, and he's and he's got kids and, and and I always kind of think particularly of a daughter. Uh, how would you look your daughter in the eye and try to explain to her why you run faithful to your mother? Mm. Uh, and th- that I tell you what that just sends shudders yeah. uh, in, in down my spine, my soul to to think of that. And um, or you know in other ways as well you, you might have just refused to forgive someone and you became bitter and every time that person's name came up you said something bitter about that person and your kids grew up knowing that they they knew that you hated somebody or you refused to forgive someone and that that uh, you were angry and bitter about how you've been treated and uh and at the time you just didn't think that much about it, uh, but your kids just kind of filed that away and realized, okay, well, Dad says he loves Jesus, but he he's not willing to forgive people the way Jesus told him to, and uh, and he doesn't have the joy of Jesus in his life because he's so bitter and angry at how he was treated, and uh, or maybe uh, I, I've known some pastors who. Uh, served in the church, but they resented the way the church treated them. They were upset with some church members, and so they badmouthed the church in front of their kids. And and then to their bewilderment, their kids grow up, and none of them wants to go to church, and and certainly none of them wants to be in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And you realize, well, they listen to me badmouth the church continuously, and now there's an accounting to 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 be had. Uh, because now I'm reaping what I've sown. Yeah, it doesn't matter that you were a, t- a faithful attender of church, but yeah. your attitude towards it, it gets, it, you know, that's contagious to the Yeah, kids. and, you know, a, a third thing I would just say, and this is a big one, is just consciously bless your kids. And uh, you know what? It's hard to bless people when you are not, you were not blessed yourself. Uh, you, It's hard to give to others what you have not been given yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you may not have been blessed in your home growing up. Your father may never have ever told you that he loves you or that he's proud of you. Um, and and so now you 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 don't want to be that kind of father, but but you've never seen it, it done. You don't know what how to do it. Uh, and I would just say uh, there's there's lots of ways uh, to bless people, but 
a, a couple of things I think that are important is one, you know, sometimes people just feel like, well, I'll just pronounce things like you are just so smart or you are just so handsome or whatever you want to say to your kids. Uh, but typically I think a, a, a genuine blessings, they, they begin by observing things that are, are real, that are true. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can say anything, but, sure. uh, but I think the, the, the best blessings come from what you've observed. And so you observe someone, maybe you just observe someone that's your, your kid is thoughtful of his friends. Uh, and so you observe that and say, you know, I've just noticed you're a great friend. Uh, I'll tell you what, people love being around you because you're just so kind to and thoughtful of, of others. And, uh, you know, you, or, you know, maybe they are really good. I, I'll tell you something, if you really want to bless someone though, focus on their character even more than their their skills. I mean, you can say, wow, you're the best soccer player on your team, but uh, I don't know that that actually is as great of a blessing. I mean, you should be proud of your kids if yeah. they succeed in something. But but when you when you speak when you tie a blessing to their character that that stays with them forever. Uh, mm-hmm. They may not always be a good soccer player. They may you know move on and and quit playing that sport or whatever. But uh, but when you when you tie something to character, then that that's something that falls with them the rest of their life. And so whether you observe that they're faithful, um, you know, it could be it could be just little things like just you've got a child that's just very reliable that he's always does what he says he's always on time um you know it, it could be that just it's sunday morning and your 13 year old son or daughter is ready to go uh, for church on time they've showered they've dressed they've eaten they've got their bible they're ready to go um don't ever take that for granted you know there's lots of uh, parents who struggle with getting their kids out the door getting them out of bed um so say something about that um Uh, you know, just say, son, I just want you to know, I really appreciate the fact you are always ready. You, you, you get up, you take care of things. You don't, you don't, uh, put things off. You don't procrastinate. Um, it's a joy having you as a child when I know I can rely upon you, but, um, or, you know, they, if they go to church, uh, don't take that for granted. Uh, Tell them, how blessed you feel that they that your your kids go to church with you without complaining, uh, with a good attitude, and um, and, and just find a way not only to observe what's happening in your kid's life, but but then verbalize it. If you don't say it, it doesn't matter that you noticed it. So mm-hmm. um, so you know, tell them specific things that you notice that you just really want to affirm, and especially if it if it's a result of their character or their walk with God. Um, if you, uh, if, if you ask them to say grace and they pray just a really sweet prayer to God, uh, you know, point that out, just say, let's, Hey, you know, I, I just want you to, to know, I just, I'm always blessed when I hear you pray. Just, you, you have such a way to, that you talk with God that uh, it touches my heart every time. And you have no idea the kind of things what that does. It's just like pouring water onto their soul. When, mm. when you observe, something deep about them. not not something just surface but when you yeah. say things and it's obvious you've really paid attention to them and you've listened to them you've watched them and you've noticed uh, i think part of being blessed is just being noticed uh, yeah you know people see you and they see what you're doing um well and i think you know with parenting <clears throat> i feel like so much of it is don't do this no you yeah. can't have that and, and yeah. stop 
you know, hitting whatever. Uh, yeah. and so it, 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 it can, I think if you're not careful, it can tend towards all I ever say to my kids is stop it. No, right. don't. Right. And so, you know, being that intentionality about affirming them in what they are doing, that is good. Like yeah. if you make a painting and, you know, if you, you know, are kind to your little sister, those sort of things, like affirm that don't just be like every time dad says something, it's like telling me to stop whatever it is I'm right. doing. Right. And, I mean, because I feel like that can have certainly a, a very negative impact. Uh, yeah. In the and and you, you have to do some of that, but you, but just kind of, you know, do the math and figure out yeah. if the last five things I've said to my kid is all don't, you know, stop doing that. Uh, make sure that you're trying to find things that you can say, keep doing that. That That's great. Right. And, right. you know, I, and, I, and I think so. But like I said, I, I think the key is go get get beyond just performance to character. So right. like if your if your child comes home and has all straight A's in their report card, that's, you know, that's, that's fine to say, wow, you're you're so smart. But, you know, if you if you're not careful you'll end up just uh really cultivating kind of a performance culture where like right yeah every time i you get straight a's or i i'm the leading uh, hitter on my baseball team then D dad my, loves me when i do well yeah but yeah. but uh but let them know you love them when when they are well when they yeah. for being and for the the kind of person they are uh, and not just simply getting good results because mm -hmm. otherwise that that kind of affirmation just seems really uh, completely contingent on their performance and, uh, and it can become more of a, a, a trap for them, uh, a guilt trip for them instead yeah. of that, that's not a blessing then it's just, yeah, dad is always proud when I'm, you know, better than anybody else on the, the playing field or in my classroom. But, uh, but when you, when you notice those subtle things, those character things, those, those, those times when they behave like Jesus, uh, that can be even a, a better blessing. And maybe just one other thing to mention at this point, and that just pray for them. Um, pray for your kids. And uh, uh, I, I don't know of anything more that, that greater than just interceding with God on their behalf. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. Uh, I have a, a prayer journal for my grandkids, but, but I wish I had done that for my kids. I just didn't really think of it or know about that uh, yeah. at the time. I did have a a prayer journal where I just my regular one that I would put prayers in there about my kids. But, uh, but I wish I'd had a journal that I just uh, had for each of my kids that I prayed for them and wrote down my prayers and observations that, uh, when they were maybe got married or graduated from college or something that I could have given to them and they could have seen the prayers that their dad prayed for them. But, um, cause you know, a lot of times you're, you're praying for them in your quiet time, but they don't know what you're praying and yeah. they, they, they're not there when you're doing that. And, uh, well, that's such a gift to be able to look back on and you can, you know, you can see that, okay, no, dad really did care. And yeah. This isn't, you know, he's been keeping this for so many years. And, yeah. And what a, what a treasure house. If you could see the prayers your father prayed for you mm -hmm. when you were just a, a baby before you could even talk, he was mm -hmm. already praying for you, pouring his heart out to God on your behalf. Uh, yeah. what a, what a blessing to be able to see that. And, uh, um, well, let's, uh, let's maybe take a break here and, uh, we'll have a few more, uh, thoughts for dads, uh, when we come back. Yeah. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby. I'm the co-author of Experiencing God. And here at the Blackaby Bible Institute, we're offering an online class of Experiencing God that people can take from around the world. 
No one had any idea back in 1990 when Experiencing God was first uh, published that it would be so life transforming and that uh, people would experience revival. They'd be set free from burdens they'd carried for years. I can't go anywhere in the world without people telling me how this material has changed their life. And so we offer it as the Blackabees where we have all kinds of video resources, a live stream where you can submit live questions and um, get answers from myself and others, and just many different resources that will enhance your experience of taking Experiencing God. So I wanna encourage you, if you've never taken the class before, or even if you have, the Blackaby Bible Institute will offer you more resources uh, than you could have gotten anywhere else. And so we look forward to studying with you and we're praying that it will change your life as you do. Well, Richard, uh, you know, fathers, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Uh, yeah. people, people have great uh, experiences with their fathers, and people have horrible experiences with yeah. their fathers. But uh, regardless, I think what we're walking through today can be helpful to anyone, whether or not they are a father. Um, uh, some of these principles uh, obviously apply to, to mothers and just leaders in general. Yeah. Um, but maybe as we come to a close here, we can uh, look at just a few more uh, points we have to, uh, to help fathers be a blessing. Yeah. Well, I've looked at four so far, and a fifth one would just be seek to understand your child. Um, some kids are going to take after you. They're going to have a similar temperament as you. And so that will be pretty easy for you to say, why well, is my son just like me? But uh, one of the things I, I found was that, you know, some of my kids weren't as much like me. They, we didn't have the same personality. And, and, and so sometimes you can just, I can't imagine which child is <laughs> not like you. I just, you can, uh, you know, it puzzles me. Yeah. I'd say, well, we can talk more about that offline, but, uh, <laughs> but what I real, what I have come to realize, uh, over time is, you know, you, that can be a source of frustration when they mm -hmm. don't just naturally respond to things the way you would have done. Uh, but I've come to really appreciate just the diversity of that. And so maybe if you're like an extrovert and you're, you have a child who's an introvert, uh, we've talked about introversion here of late, but, uh, uh, don't just say, well, you just need to be more extroverted, uh, come to really appreciate the, the beauty of how God designed them to be an yeah. introvert. And, uh, and, I, and again, I, I don't know of many ways where you can be a greater blessing to someone than to seek to truly understand them, to, to listen mm -hmm. to them. Don't just, don't just talk to them, but, but listen to them and ask questions and, and truly show an interest in the, the amazing personality that God has developed in them. Well, like you said earlier, I mean, I think half the blessing is being noticed. And yeah. so when you, when you take that interest, whether or not, you know, for better or worse, like just having an interest in your kids uh, yeah. is a blessing. And you know, they're a gift from God, like God wired them and it ought to just fascinate you. Mm -hmm. you. You ought to just have a fascination with how God wired your kids and to, to, to spend your whole life trying to understand them. There are just so many layers to people and, and truly wanting to understand as many layers of your kids as possible. And a, a sixth thing would just be apologize when it's called for. Uh, again, there are lots and lots of people who've never heard their father ever say, I'm sorry. 
uh, even when they really needed to say that. Uh, and uh, and I'm not saying that you you force it. You do it when you do, it's not necessary. Hopefully, you don't ever have to. But I'm suspecting most fathers will. Yeah. Uh, and just to humble yourself and admit when you're wrong. I, I don't know. There are some very insecure men out there who, even when they've just blatantly done wrong things, they just it, they're just too insecure to have to acknowledge it to admit it. Uh, but if you want your kids to be able to acknowledge their wrongdoing, then they need to see you model that as well. Um, and a, and a, a, a seventh thing would just be give your full attention. We've talked about this even recently, but um, you know, you, you want to give quality, quantity time to your kids, but certainly you also want to give quality time. And that means that when your kids are talking to you, uh, really discipline yourself to give them your full 100% attention. Don't put your phone down, turn away from the TV or turn the TV off. If you're watching like a sports game and, and, uh, your kid comes in and obviously has something he really needs to talk to you about, turn the TV off. Like don't sit there trying to keep up with the score while your son is pouring his heart out to you. Yeah. There are moments when you need to just in every way possible, let your child know you are far more of a priority to me than who ends up winning this game. And so if someone comes, your kid wants to talk to you, uh, just, you know, put, put the phone down, turn off the TV. Don't try to like keep up with the score while you're also listening to your child tell what a horrible day they had at school that day. Uh, they ought to, in every way possible, let them know that they are uh, indeed the single greatest priority in your life at that moment as you're listening to what they have to say. There, there's just a an enormous gift of your attention. Mm. Uh, and I've just known many a dad that was distracted. They were trying to multitask. And there's just lots of evidence to say you, you, it's impossible to multitask. You're, you are, you will be giving your attention to one thing or another. And if you're still trying to keep up with the score or, or the work you're doing or, what, or the email you were just reading and your child, you're, you're not giving full attention to your child. So yeah. uh, an eighth thing is just, just watch your words. Uh, you, you can't take your words back. And I, I've known some fathers who just in frustration or anger, uh, they said something and they got over it. They kind of moved on, but their child never did. And, and I've told stories before of men that were 65 years old who still were wounded by something that their dad said to them 50 years earlier. Mm. If you can imagine at 15, their dad in anger said something that was so hurtful that now the man's 65 years old and he still gets tears in his eyes when he hears it. And the, the dad is, is dead and gone at that point. And his son still is being, is, feels the wound. The wound is still raw. And so I've just thought to myself, just for heaven's sakes, I know you're frustrated right now. I know your child just did something that really puts you over the edge. Yeah. But, but take, a, take a deep breath, pray and ask God to, to give you strength and wisdom. But before you open your mouth, just remember, they will remember what you're about to say for the rest of their life. And uh, so it can be, a, you can forgive, you can show grace, and they'll remember that the rest of their life. Or you can say something that's hurtful just because you're so frustrated. You just, you know, and I mean, there, there'll be times when you will be frustrated, but, um, but just remember, say it in a way that you can live with those words the rest of, of your life. Um, and then just two last things, 
Uh, a ninth thing is just care enough to correct. Uh, there are just some things in your kid's life that um, that that may need some correction, and uh, and it, that doesn't always mean you're disciplining them. It just might mean that you just see something in them, and that you just feel like you need to encourage them with. You, you don't. You can't just let it go. At, at this point, it's it's it may not be as a serious issue in their life, but if left unattended, it, it could become. And uh, a lot of times we'll have our concerns, but then we just kind of let it go. And then all of a sudden we realize now that it's a, it was just a spark. Now it's a raging fire. Um, and I would just kind of counter that a little bit by saying that uh, be careful that that's not what you're doing all the time. You know, there, there are moments where I think you just do need to step in and and catch things early so that it, they, it, they don't become habits and deeply ingrained. But I remember one time uh, my wife Lisa pulled me aside and just saying, Richard, you know, not every conversation you have with our kids has to be a teachable moment. <laughs> Sometimes just enjoy your kids. But if there's so much for them. Yeah, to I know. I have so much I need to t- teach them, you know, in the ways that they should go. But yeah. uh, And you should be teaching and you should be correcting when you need to, But and, and you should be blessing. Uh, but I, I, I suppose one of the things that I, I learned and, and a lot of this came from my wife was, um, uh, there's a lot of Christian parents who spend an awful lot of time trying to raise their kids, uh, but they're not enjoying their kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that y- there are times where you just need to enjoy them. You just need to kick back and just sort of take your parenting hat off for, a time and just have fun. Just w- watch a, a hockey game together, or go to the amusement park together, or just laugh. Just toss a ball around in the backyard for a while. But and and and, and sometimes you just there there may be things that you're you'd, you'd like to talk about. Some things you might be a little concerned about. But there's a time for that, and then there's just a time just to enjoy your child. And 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 for for a lot of parents, that would be a primary word I would have for them is. When I know you're trying to raise your child, but when was the last time you just took time to enjoy them and just enjoy them as a gift from God? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the last thing I would just say is just speak about God, speak of God to your kids. Uh, let them regularly hear you. And and let me just encourage you, there, there, there are times where even if you're just saying grace before a meal, that you have an opportunity to just talk to God uh, about your family and asking God to bless your family and protect your family and for them just to experience his love in their life in the days ahead. And, uh, that, that allows your kids to realize just how very real God is. Sometimes we, uh, there are parents who kind of make the mistake of thinking, well, if I just drag my kids to church every Sunday, that my kids will all grow up to know that God is real. But that's once a week, and they're right. hearing it from the pastor. They're hearing it from their Sunday school teacher, but they need to hear it from their dad. They need to they need to know that uh, their dad experiences God as he goes to work during the week, and and their dad sitting around the dinner table uh, is reflecting on how he experienced God uh, at work that day and throughout his life, and uh, and so when you uh, maybe it's around the dinner table, but you just say, "Hey, guys, got to tell you about what God did in my life today. Got to tell you what God did at work today. Uh, I was on the way home from work, and boy, I tell you what, all of a sudden I just felt like God was just teaching me something. I just wanted to share that with you. I, I tell you, there's just I don't know how you could be a, a greater blessing to your your kids than 
to talk about God. And uh, Deuteronomy 6 uh, has a lot to say about that. Just whether you're walking along the way, whether you're sitting at the dinner table, uh, whether it's bedtime, uh, but just regularly bring God up, not not uh, to pound them over the head with, with God, but just because God is such a pivotal part of your daily life that you can't help but talk about him. And uh, if God is very personal and real in your daily living, uh, then your kids will realize, well, that's how it's supposed to be for me too. God's just supposed yeah. to be a part of my life uh, throughout the day. So what a blessing to your kids if they just regularly have uh, memories of hearing dad talk about what God did in his life. And, uh, and so there's obviously, we could do another list of 10 and, and still not cover everything a dad should do with their kids. But, uh, sure. but those are at least 10 things I'd say. If, you, if you're nailing those and you're giving some attention to those, you're, you're well on your way to um, being a blessing to your kids. And, and I'll tell you, I, just, I honestly believe that when I see a bunch of uh, uh, pictures in the news of angry people marching and upset and yelling into cameras and, and, uh, and hateful and unforgiving and bitter, uh, sometimes I just wonder, they, th- these people just look like unblessed people, people mm. that have never been blessed, never been... Uh, loved uh, and shown care, and and as a result, they're just they're they're they, they're not anchored anywhere, and uh, whatever happens in life just sort of tosses them uh, about, and so I think that in this very troubled, confusing world, one of the best things a dad can do is just be someone who speaks life into their kids, blesses them, anchors them to God shows them the way, models for them how, how to conduct them, themselves in a difficult world. And I just think that of all the ways you'll invest yourself in, as a leader, I can't imagine anything more important than doing that. Absolutely. Well, let's leave it there. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.